Timber Tech, what's on deck in the NFL draft portion of the equation. If uh, there is a deck that needs to be constructed or redone, find the experts at TimberTech.com. And uh, regarding what's on deck with the NFL draft, Jordan Reed is senior NFL draft analyst for TheDraftNetwork.com. Follow him via Twitter, as 9 to Noon does, at NFL R-E-I-D for the read. And um, and he joins us now, Jordan Paul Allen. How um how was life with the Packer loving Cinny yesterday? You were on KFAN. Cinny tries hard. It definitely was foreign territory to me, but I tried to keep it clean as best as I could. He he uh, he did a good job though with you, didn't he? Yes, he did. It was awesome. Uh, what uh, what did you enjoy about it? I'm um, just getting a different perspective from everything, you know, just getting those type of outside opinions is always good, especially just not being so Viking centric and just seeing how he feels about the outlook of the team. And of course, the division rival. Uh, yeah. And that division rival, the division champions, Green Bay, uh, the beloved Packers at 30. What, uh, what do you think happens with GB at 30? So I think they're going to take best player available. Um, Brian Gutekunst is a guy that really doesn't take wide receivers in the first round. I mean, they haven't taken one since Javon Walker in 2002. So even though it's a very strong receiver class, I can see them taking a linebacker. Uh, Patrick Queen and or Kenneth Murray are there, or even Zach Bond, the hometown guy from Wisconsin. I can see them taking either one of those three. Hey, Jordan, uh, tell me about your 2020 draft guide. I, I recall from doing this last year, and and I'm pretty sure it's the case this year, you put together an incredibly comprehensive draft guide and the proceeds head to charity. Is that still the case? Absolutely. So it's a 10-month project that I do. I started every June, and then it ends up being published in April. Uh, So it's just a collection of background stories on over 250 prospects that I'm able to evaluate throughout the years. I'm gathering notes and just learning to evaluating them on the all-22 film, the coaches' film, and just jotting down things that I see. And this is something that has accumulated over time during those 10 months leading up to the draft. And I think the best thing about the guide is that it is $10, but the best thing about it is that all proceeds go to a charity called the Raleigh Rise Against Hunger Foundation, which is a foundation that really fights hunger. They have stations all over the world. So the great thing about it is that you're getting to learn more about these draft prospects, but also your money is going to a great cause. JR, the um is the best place to find it climbingthepocket.com. Yes, climbingthepocket.com. Also, you can find it at the top of my Twitter page. I have it pinned and that's J Reed NFL at J R E I D NFL on Twitter. Yeah, ten dollars and uh all proceeds go to charity. So uh via at J Reed R E I D NFL, learn more about this twenty twenty draft guide. Uh Jordan, uh in very, very Giving Fashion does this yearly, puts a lot of time into it, and uh, all proceeds go to charity, man. That's really cool. Uh, with the uh, with the NFC North, uh, we hit on the Sultan of Smugs team. We're going to get to the Vikings momentarily. Meanwhile, the Lions at three. What do you think? 
So I think there's two possible outcomes that could happen here. I think they could trade back to a QB needy team, whether that's the Dolphins at five, the Chargers at six, or even the Panthers at seven. If they're looking to trade up to get their quarterback of the future, I think they could look back to trade to accumulate some more picks. Or I think the other uh, selection could be Jeffrey Okuda, the cornerback from Ohio State. Uh, now, Jr. Uh, it it you, you touched on it a little bit, but the more the more I start thinking about it is it definitely makes sense for Detroit to trade to three. I mean, you know, be it, it looks to be a primo quarterback spot there for the needy, and I know they have Matt, and he got hurt last year, and he's been in the league like 12 years, but Stafford can still sling it a little bit. Man, that that is a prime trade-back opportunity, right? It is, and it, I think it's a very similar situation to what we saw with the Jets when they traded up a, a couple of years ago when they tried to acquire, they did acquire Sam Donald, excuse me, when the Colts traded back a couple spots. I believe it was three spots. So I think that's the situation. I think that's really where the draft starts, PA, honestly, just because I think it's the worst kept secret right now is Joe Burrow going number one and Chase Young going two to the Redskins. But nobody really knows what the Lions are going to do. I don't think they're going to take a quarterback even though that's something that was floated out there a couple months ago. I just don't see that happening just because I think they still have plenty of faith in Matthew Stafford, and I think he's playing at a high level right now prior to his back injury when he missed eight games last year. So I think they could trade back, or I think the other option is replacing Darius Lay, which they shipped off to the Eagles by selecting Jeffrey Okuda. It, um, it is the Timber Tech What's on Deck for the NFL Draft segment, courtesy of Timber Tech. Main man Jesse Seng and TimberTech.com. Need a deck? Check out the site. Uh, this is Jordan Reed, senior NFL draft analyst for thedraftnetwork.com. With uh, with you, Jordan, and and your cohorts uh, at thedraftnetwork.com. A week like this, how freaking excited are you guys for a week like this, or are you exhausted from the laborious work you've put into it up to this week? It's a little bit of both, and you know I like to compare this to the week of Christmas and leading up to it, just because. You get the, you're basically getting new toys under your tree with these draft prospects. You can't wait to get them in your grasp. And it's just like Christmas week for us. And this whole week leading up to everything, yes, it is exhausting, but you feel a certain sense of accomplishment just because of all the, the work that you put into uh, this entire operation. And it's kind of like it's game day for us. And that's how I see it. So it's a lot of fun, PJ. Yeah. And I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not here to harsh mellow. And uh, the producer, Con, and I are going to get into this about a half hour from now. But, Counting on, honestly, any of these rookies to come in in a shortened off season into a season that, that I believe there, there's a very good chance, or excuse me, a good chance. It will begin on time, even if there are no fans. I don't, I don't care how good these cats are, Jordan. If you lose six, seven, eight weeks of an off season with these kids and you're counting on them super early, best of luck to you. Absolutely, and I think that's why we're going to see a bunch of safe picks in this draft as opposed to some of these more project type of kids being drafted early on. But there's a lot of players, and we'll get into this in a second, that I really like for the Vikings that can come in and play right away. Uh, Let's get to it then because uh, we are compiling predictions all week uh, for a big Monday draft recap extravaganza uh, for uh, 9 to noon, Vikings 22 and 25. Uh, Jordan Reed, hit us with some names, please, and why. Yeah, so I'll just start at receiver, and there's a couple players that I really like, and one player that I think would probably be the best fit that I think is most realistic, his name is Justin Jefferson, wide receiver from LSU. Now, the thing about Justin that I love is that he was a two-star kid, two-star kid coming out of Louisiana, 
Uh, he has a five-star work ethic, though, and that's something that you notice about him. Really terrific story. He actually was one of the lowest-rated players in his draft or in his uh, recruit, recruiting class, I should say, and he worked his way up, and he was just a terrific player. Just outstanding guard he stats last year. Uh, I think he has the inside-out versatility that, that they're looking for in their offense, and I love his pairing with Adam Thielen just because even though Thielen does primarily play in the slot, I think he can win outside as well, and I think Jefferson – has the same type of outcome as well. So I'm a big fan of Jefferson. Now, we'll see. I think they're going to have to battle Philadelphia at 21. I think that's a realistic landing spot for him as well. So we'll see what happens with that. The next guy I'll get to is Denzel Mims from Baylor. There isn't a prospect in any position across the board that has helped themselves more during the free draft process than Denzel Mims just because he was terrific at the Senior Bowl. He went down and he was terrific at the Combine as well. And now he's starting to develop some of those characteristics that you're loving to see out of, out of a first-round pick. So Jefferson and Mims are two names to keep an eye on. So wait, you, you think they may go two receivers in round one? No, I'm just floating some names out there now. I, everybody wants to know about cornerback. I know that's another position that really is – I know they need a need at that on the roster. So um, one guy that I like probably the most out of the bunch for the Vikings that I think just – he exuberates some of the characteristics that they have looked for in years past, whether that was with Xavier Rose, Trey Waynes, and also Mike Hughes. His name is Jeff Gladney from TCU. I'm a big fan of him. Tough, hard-nosed kid, loves to come up and tackle. Very, very well mature and well-rounded as far as a cover corner. He, he just brings that alpha mentality that you love to see from the position. Uh, one guy that's really starting to catch a lot of steam, just caught, talking to some scouting buddies in the industry that the Vikings supposedly really like, is Jalen Johnson from Utah. And he's kind of the forgotten man in this entire cornerback group just because he is, he has been a little bit injury prone throughout his career. But when he was on the field, he's been absolutely terrific. Uh, he's all every bit of 6'1", about 190 pounds. I think that's a fair playing weight for him that he played at this year. But I love everything that he brings to the table from his coverage ability, his ball skills, and just his maturity that he brings to the table right away. Does Johnson play outside or outside and inside? He can play both. And okay. he did both at Utah. And I think if it's a situation where they want to slide him inside and sell packages and nickel, I think he's able to do it. But he's going to make his money for the most part on the outside. With the with the Vikings assuming they finish with two picks, Jr. Virtual cinch. They take a corner in round one, right? Absolutely. I think I would be really shocked if they didn't take a cornerback in round one. Um, I think it has to be a combination of a cornerback, an offensive lineman, or a wide receiver. And I think just with the success that they have had selecting receivers in years past, I think they might wait to the second or third round, especially with how strong this wide receiver class is. I I probably would put my money on them taking a cornerback and an offensive lineman early on. I think that's the combination we could see. Uh, do you um? What do you think about a round one trade up for a stud offensive tackle? I mean, depending on on how close said beef eater gets to two two. Uh, I mean, but it might not make sense, though, you know, because you have you you have needs and and you have things that you got to get done for the 2020 via the draft. So, like, how do you see that? I wouldn't be a big fan of it just because I think this is a really deep offensive tackle class for the most part. And unless it's a guy like a Tristan Wirfs or somebody like that in that big four that slips into the teams, I wouldn't be a huge fan of it just because I think they can still get some value in that second or third round whenever they want to take that offensive tackle. Hey, what um, uh, what do you know or what do you like about Clemson's A.J. Terrell? 
Big fan of him. And he's another guy that's been leaked to the Vikings a lot. And he's starting to get some steam here that could go in the teens. The Raiders at 19 are a team to watch just because everybody knows that Mike Mayock has an affinity with Clemson players. But with Terrell, I think he was absolutely terrific last year. And the biggest thing that he has on his resume and the lasting image that we have of Terrell is in the national championship game where Jamar Chase just absolutely torched him. But, I mean, the LSU offense did that to everybody last year. They they just bulldozed through everybody. But that's the lasting impression that we have of Terrell. But a lot of people don't really evaluate the totality of his resume last year. And I thought he he was absolutely terrific, and he looks like a first-round corner to me. Um, Ohio State cornerback Damon Arnett, the other kid gets all the attention. Arnett uh, feels like a Friday draft pick for somebody. What do you think of Damon Arnett? Yeah, another guy that I think is probably projected in the second or third round. A uh, guy, another one that's tough as nails. I mean, he played the entire year with a broken right wrist last year, so that just goes to show you how tough he is. Um, Mike Zimmer talks a lot about guys that love to come up and tackle. He's one that definitely does do that already from day one. And then he's a terrific cover corner as well. He's going to be a bit of an older rookie. I believe he's going to be a 24-year-old rookie. So that's something that might give them a little bit of pause. But as far as his overall game and maturity, he has that from day one. He could be a day one starter. Time for two more. I don't put a ton of time into Saturday trying to make those dart-throwing uh, prognostications. But... Like, you know, in, in I don't believe unless something dramatically goes amiss from the way I, we, and most of us are looking at it, and one of the best three pass-rushing defensive ends are available in round one. I'm not counting on the Vikings taking a defensive lineman in round one. Round two, maybe. If nothing, in rounds one or two. Round three, probably. But that doesn't mean they'll only take one. So... I put in some time this weekend uh, into South Carolina's D.J. Wanham as a potential late-draft uh, defensive end for Andre Patterson. What do you know about him? Actually, he had a really good sophomore and senior seasons. He battled an ankle injury his junior year, so he didn't put up those numbers that we were accustomed to seeing. I really like Wanham, and he's one of those situations where he essentially plays with his arms cut off, in a sense, just because – he doesn't really know how to use his, his extremities to an extent, but he's 6'5", 255 pounds, so he has that size that the Vikings have coveted from those defensive ends in the past, but he just needs a little bit of seasoning to his game, and that's where Andre Patterson comes into hand. Uh, last one, JR. appreciate you. If the Vikings do not draft wide receiver in round one, how will you look to fill the obvious digs void round two, right? Yeah, I think you have to. I think you have to take one. Uh, if it's not at 22 or 25, I think you have to take one at 58. Uh, there's plenty of viable candidates, and I'm not sure if this guy is going to make it that far just because his stock is really, really rising at this point. But Michael Pittman Jr. from USC is one guy that I think would be a really good fit at that point. And then there's plenty of others as well. Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State uh, probably won't be there. Van Jefferson from Florida is another guy. 58 might be a little bit too rich for him, but if they want to slide back and get some more picks, and take him maybe late second, early third. I think that would be a good range for him as well. Hey, man, uh, the 2020 draft guide. Pop it once again. Proceeds go to charity. $10 a pop. Climbingthepocket.com. Tell us more. Absolutely. Go over to climbingthepocket.com. Uh, we're, we're producing articles every year. Yink Allende, uh, who you're very fond of, PA. Jason Bryan, also Miles Gorham, and the team over there are doing a really good job. And also, you can purchase my draft guide there, and you can follow me on Twitter at NFL. That's at J. R-E-I-D, NFL. Yank still play that sax? Oh, absolutely. <laughs>
making sweet music on the saxophone and uh, with the NFL draft. I appreciate you, ma'am. Hey, uh, no. uh, thanks a lot. We'll chat soon, okay? Absolutely. Thanks as always, PA. Yep. See you about Jordan Reed, uh, senior NFL draft analyst for thedraftnetwork.com. Big fan. I've known Jordan for many, many years, and uh, his his work and the time he puts in to do it the right way. Uh, very, very impressive to me. It's at J Reed NFL via Twitter uh, for the draftnetwork.com. The final guest, nine to noon today, is the national perspective. Big time NFL reporter Adam Kaplan joins us next. That's around the corner on a Monday, walking you up to the Thursday NFL draft at FM 100.3. KFAN. It's PA. I am very proud of myself. Boy, am I impressive. What a play by me. Weekdays 9 to noon on The Fan.